Nikola Jokic played one of the best games I have ever seen him play. And there was a lot of interesting takeaways buried in that incredible 49-point triple-double performance. We're going to talk about all of those today on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Mattis. Thank you for making Locked On Nuggets your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I am flying solo right now. Hopefully, Matt Moore joins us here shortly. Um, You know, it was a super late night last night, so kind of understandably so, I think, uh, you know, we, we weren't able to get to it. I think I got home at like 2, 2.30 last night. We said, let's just do it in the morning. So hopefully he hops on. I know he had a late night as well because this game last night was uh, one of the better games I've ever seen. One of the most fun times I've ever had watching the Denver Nuggets play basketball. And to be honest with you, for most of it, it was one of the most painful or annoying times I've ever had watching the Nuggets all the way up until uh, that second half when Nikola Jokic, I feel... There are these moments in Jokic's career. We've been watching him now for seven years, seven seasons. There's these little turning point moments where you feel he unlocked something. He unlocked something that uh, that sort of elevated who he was. I think last night was one of those games where Jokic became a better version of himself last night. Obviously, he did that in the short term, like for that game. It was one of the best games we've ever seen. I don't know what the game score has for him if he's had a higher game score. I'm guessing maybe, but 49 points on 25 shots, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals, one block, and then this plus 15, which they needed every little bit of that plus 15 to get this win in overtime, and then making the plays down the stretch. I I don't know that you could say he's had a better game. You could say he's had games as good because he has. He's had He's got so many crazy moments in his career, even on bigger stages, you know, playoffs, this or that. But that game last night from Nikola Jokic to me is as good as we've ever seen. And it was great in, a, um, in some important ways. The first way, Jokic played mean last night. I thought he played, he played really mean. By the way, everybody in the comments love seeing you guys here. You feel free to throw some questions or anything you have in there. Obviously, doing the show solo at the moment. Um, so if you have something you want to go to, you know, let me know. Jokic looked to me frustrated. It's funny, his post-game commentary is always so interesting. Because you always like want to hear, for example, the, the last pass. He was like, oh, it's just a normal pass. I make that one all the time. First of all, true. Uh, we'll get to all that here in a second. But he actually talked about what spurred him in the second half. And he said, I was just more aggressive. And maybe it was actually me being selfish because I was just like, well, I'm going to score. If we're going to lose, I might as well score some points before we get blown out. This was his mind frame in that third quarter. And you could tell it. Jokic was annoyed. He didn't like the way the team was playing. He didn't like what was going on. So he started, you know, he takes a quick three. He does like a couple drives to the basket. It's almost like he's just like, fine, forget this Jokic ball. Forget this, like moving it around. I'm just going to start attacking. And I thought he got a little bit of a mean streak. Once he started making, he makes like five in a row. I felt like this switch flipped in him where he's like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm going to just be as aggressive as possible. Nobody can stop me. Certainly not uh, Evita Zubats. And so he starts going at him every single time. He gets 17 points in the third quarter alone on top of a bunch of other a bunch of other stats. But he was absolutely dominant. One way he's been dominant this season that he hasn't been dominant in seasons past, he 
has that quick attack off the dribble. So he goes three of five from the three-point line in this one, and that's important, obviously, just for the points. But for two, you know, Zubat's starting to step out on him a little bit more. Even Hartenstein stepping out on him a little bit more because they're worried he's going to take and make another three. He was in his bag. It's like, hey, if he shoots a, a comfortable three, he's going to make it. So Yoke giving him a quick little pump fakes or little jab steps, and it totally had him on skates. But Jokic looked as fast as I had seen him in those moments. If you followed the show long enough, you know I've talked about this in the past. This is one of the things over the last two years. When you see Jokic's, you know, he was averaging 22 points per game, 20, 22, somewhere around there. And all of a sudden it shot up to 26. And he became this like volume score. He's never really a volume score prior to last season, his MVP season, becomes this volume score. Well, I think the biggest difference that has unlocked his ability to really get scores, one, it's obviously mentality. I mean, let's you watch him. He's just way more aggressive than he was two, three seasons ago. But number two, I think it's that quickness. I mean, he had a body transformation over the last three seasons. And part of that body transformation has been, has really been like he's not jumping higher, but he is, I think, faster at attacking closeouts. And you saw that so many times in this game where he just felt comfortable off the dribble, attacking a hard closeout or even a set, you know, Zubats would close out, get still, shot fake him and then go. And it just was so quick. He was getting to the rim and he had all the crafty little ways. I mean, great players don't necessarily just have moves like, hey, I'm going to go to the jab step left. I mean, this is Austin Rivers, right? Austin Rivers has moves. He goes to the jab step crossover or he goes to, you know, the show and go. But it's always the same thing. These great players, your Lucas, your Giannis's, your LeBron's, your Jokic's, these guys just have, and Steph Curry is another one of these. They just have a way of scoring. And they're like, I know you've never practiced that move before. You just have such great body control and you've mastered every aspect of the game that you can sort of, uh, improvise a new move on the fly and get to the basket. And I thought Jokic last night was a masterclass in this, like an inside hand finish on this awkward, you know, move. Just everything he did was unique, you know, like moves we hadn't seen before, but also moves that lived within the world of, of, of how he gets his buckets going. He was incredible. Um, he, he was showing so much emotion in the game. You know, he was, he was, screaming out and pumping his fist after every play it wasn't just we've seen him do this you know time to time but this was a game that for whatever reason he was just feeling it he even dapped up uh Ty Lue I wish I could know what was said to Ty Lue in this game uh but at some point those two guys shared a, a laugh and a dap uh but he was just he went to a whole other level I mean he really did he went to a whole other level to get to those 49 points and will the team I mean I think we take for granted because we've seen great players do it when somebody wills their team to a victory that was a willing to the to, to victory like this was a game where the game plan throw it out um you know logic all of this stuff throw it out that was just Jokic saying i'm not going to let us lose this game i'm going to every time down i'm just going to attack i can get to my spots i've got them figured out and i'm not going to let us lose and other guys had moments we're going to talk about them in segment two other guys had big plays including the game winner from aaron gordon but this was a game that Jokic just said you know what Clippers aren't winning tonight. They're just not <laughs> going to get the win one way or another. Uh, and it was incredible to watch. I don't know. Where do you guys looking at the chat? Where does this rank on the all-time Jokic games? It's hard because postseason games just belong. You know, they're more competitive. Um, the scouting report, the pressure, all of these things. And Jokic has two game sevens last uh, in the bubble that were, you know, some of the best game seven performances I've ever seen. He's got a 47 point, uh, performance against Jakob Hurdle, who's a better, you know, defensive player. So he has some incredible postseason moments already that I just have to like put those above. But if you talk about regular season performances, at least that second half was as good as you can. 
I don't think you can get much better. And to do it on top of the fact that the Clippers were attacking him every single time. I mean, this is what I talked about this last week when the, the Nuggets played the Clippers. They, you know, Ty Lue is very good at, at simplifying the game. And I think that's part of what makes him such a good coach is it makes the game plan very easy for, um, for his team. They were going to get switches, try to put Jokic out in the pick and roll or put him in isolation against Reggie Jackson, who had a fantastic, I mean, poor Reggie Jackson, one of his better games of his career. And it's going it, to, it doesn't even get mentioned. I mean, imagine you go for 28 points, 12 assists, we have the game that he has and nobody's even going to mention it. That, it won't even make the ticker. Like, it's just like a thing. It's, it's not even a footnote in this broader story. And that was, I mean, he was absolutely brilliant in this one. And it had they won, you know, he might have been the headline story. Um, but they were trying to get him. It, it, it's so funny because you think about all the other players on the ro- that were out there on the court. Their jobs were very simple. They, they, Clippers were going to do what they did, and they were going to attack Jokic. And Jokic, you know, so not only is he carrying this enormous offensive burden, by the way, the bench so bad in this one that, you know, Michael Malone clearly didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> There's a reason if you look at the minutes, Monte Morris 45, Aaron Gordon 44, Jokic and Barton 41. Like Michael Malone clearly, even in, with overtime, factoring in overtime, Michael Malone is riding those guys because he just didn't feel comfor- comfor- comfortable playing the bench. Uh, but even on top of that, then he has to guard on the other end and has to be in there and he got enough stops. The steal was one of the bigger plays of the game be- in large part because in the fourth quarter of this game, you're watching it and you're going, okay, well, nobody can stop Jokic. But they're scoring, uh, the Clippers are scoring down almost just as easily every single time. So who can get a stop? And so every stop felt big. Clippers really didn't get any stops other than like the end of the fourth quarter, the game winner um, that Jokic kind of rushed, airballed it. Um, you know, that was the only time really they, they got stops. So every time Denver got one and that steal was such a big one, Reddit perfectly got his hands in the passing lane. It was just absolutely incredible. The last pass. So he scores all these buckets and it's just aggressive, like shooting through double teams, triple teams. I mean, Michael Malone after the game was like, it didn't have words as we, none of us do. Honestly, I did a post game show with DNVR immediately afterwards. Didn't same thing. You're just kind of like, how do I, how do I express what I just saw this perfect thing I just saw, but that last pass, you know, the double comes, they did, you know, Denver did a tough job. They had been doing such a great job with that Barton Jokic and Monte Jokic pick and roll, inverted pick and rolls to force the defense. Denver was attacking exactly who they wanted to every single time down the court. They had simplified the game too. The simplification was Jokic do something completely brilliant when we give this, when we clear the side and run a little pick and roll for you. And he did it every time. But on this possession, they actually kind of screwed it up. Uh, the Clippers did a good job, very well defended on the final possession uh, of overtime. But Jokic, and he actually does this. It's one of the, when we talk about why is he a good passer, there's so many little micro things to his passing that, you know, like we just talk about as one broad thing, like he throws good passes. What he did on that one is something we've seen him do. And it's funny, after the game, when he's talking about it's a normal pass, I do this one all the time. He's right. He does do this one. It's like a signature yoke pass in a weird way. It's a signature pass in that it's absolutely disgusting and ugly, and it lands perfectly in the shooting pocket of who he's throwing it to. But he draws in the double team, so double team comes. Most players, immediate panic, right? Oh, double team pass, like make the quick read. Jokic knows, and it's funny, after the game he even mentioned, I knew the clock. Like I didn't want to leave any time on the clock, so you don't want to pass too early. Shot goes up even if you make it, or especially if you miss it, and there's three seconds left. Now there's time for them to go down and score and maybe beat you at the buzzer themselves. So he's patient. He's holding the ball. He gets on his back foot. So the, the double team is coming. They got their hands up. And they're kind of reaching in, maybe slapping for the ball. And he just doesn't panic. C- calm and cool, collected as a cucumber. He's sitting there. He gets on his back foot. His back foot 
waits for the cutters to go, waits for the clock to fully wind down, and delivers a perfect pinpoint perfect pass. It's after the game, Aaron Gordon said, I think there's only two or three players that can make that. Who? Who can make that pass? For one, you have to be seven feet tall because you got two guys, you know, fully like crowding your spot. So it's not a guard. You're going to say either it's another center or it's another, you know, a tall forward. Maybe LeBron makes that pass if you throw the two bodies at him. I don't know. I don't. The thing is, I've seen Jokic make this one a lot. I haven't really seen LeBron make those types. I've seen him make other types of great passes. I'm not saying he can't make other great passes. Maybe even some Jokic can't. But the way he managed to hold off the double team just patiently, watching the clock wind down, not panicking, and then flick the weirdest-looking pass of all time right on the money in the shooting pocket, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible performance, uh, incredible pass in the perfect way. That assist gave him a triple-double, a 49-point triple-double. That assist also passed him on the all-time Denver Nuggets assist leaderboard to make him now third. He passed Andre Miller, one of the all-time great passers, he passes Andre Miller. He now only trails Fat Lever and Alex English, two guys that one were with the Nuggets for a decade, uh, and you know play. You know, so he's going to pass both of those guys too. I mean, Jokic is going to hold every single Denver Nuggets record. I mean, I feel so confident in that. Um, but this game, when we when it's all said and done, and the book's been written uh, about Nikola Jokic, this will this will definitely be one of the games you mentioned. In fact, when you talk about this season, this will be. Uh, I almost have a hard time imagining there being a better game this year, although it's Jokic. You know, we never know. <laughs> it's entirely possible um, that we get something something else. Um, hit a first break here and tell you about Bet Online. They'd like to wish you a happy new betting years. They continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year, a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On. To get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be right back. Second two here, Locked On Nuggets. Thank you for making Locked On your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Also, by this one, guys, thank you so much for making us. We're over 1,000. We did it. I told Matt 1,000 was too small of a goal. 2,000 may be too big of a goal, but 1,000 too small of a goal. We've just accomplished that, and it's a big milestone. Just so you, for YouTube and content creators, a thousand unlocks an opportunity for do for us to do a lot of things, including I believe super chat. So um, you could be on the lookout, I guess, for those. But uh, we like doing these shows live. Obviously, uh, it allows for a lot of different things, and I see that people are starting to make it much more of a uh, uh, part of their you know rotation. When they see us go live, you hit that little bell icon, you'll get a push notification. So if you're at work. You got your desktop open. You can just go ahead and hit that and listen to us live. Um, thank you so much. I see a congratulations here. Miroslav says, don't be a hater. You know Jokic will have a better game this season. Look, man, I, I don't know what a better game is. There's a, there's this thing where you get to a certain level and it's like, okay, that's your that's as good of a game as you can have. I don't know how you have a better game than 49, 14, 10 plus a game-winning assist. I don't know how you do it. Of course, Jokic didn't hit the game winner. He only assisted on it. The guy who hit it was Aaron Gordon, 44 minutes tonight, 28 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, four of seven from the three-point line. Four of seven. 
By the way, I highly encourage everybody to, you know, if you like my analysis and you like listening to me talk, the best thing I do by far, I love doing podcasts. I love doing the show with Matt. The best thing I do by far is the list up at, at, at DNVR, thednvr.com. $5 a month, film study deep dive. So I just did this one for the Lakers game. And one of the notes I had in there, and I'm showing everybody clips, Aaron Gordon to me has really improved, not just as a shooter. I mean, four of seven last night was, was fantastic. And, and he's, you know, in my opinion, he is, he looks more comfortable. I don't know what the, I'm pulling up the numbers right now. Cause I'm so curious to see where this season ranks. Um, you know, 33% right in line. It's a little bit higher than his career average by about one, uh, you know, 1% higher. He's career 32% shooting 33% this year, um, which would actually be, I think he has the second best uh, percentage at the moment, uh, third best uh, percentage. So, but here's the thing about it. In the list, I mentioned that he has gotten really good at turning dribble threes into catch and shoot threes. What I mean by that is they're still off the dribble threes because he's taking them either on a handoff or, you know, a pick and roll with yoke. But what he's doing a very nice job of is he's not just walking into him, turning and shooting. He's when he sees the defense going under because defenders still are like trying to pick their poison. They're going to go deep, deep under on, on handoffs and pick and rolls. What he's doing is he's taking basically a set dribble. So he like dribbles it to himself, jumps into a jump stop and then shoots it. And it effectively makes it a pass to himself. So it makes it off the dribble catch and shoot opportunity, balances himself and gets it up. And to be honest, he's been fairly reliable there. Like I don't want Aaron Gordon taking a ton of threes every single game. But when he gets the ball kicked to him on an open shot, I feel fine about it. I feel like, all right, you know, that's a shot that I think has a good chance. It's a good shot. You got to shoot it in rhythm. And you're going to have nights like last night. And what I love about it, after the game, he was asked, and, and I believe him based on the way he delivered this question or delivered his response. He was asked about what are you, what's going through your head when the ball's, you know, that skip pass is coming. What are you thinking about? And he's like, I'm thinking I'm going to make this shot. I'm like excited because I'm like, I'm going to hit a game winner. He knew it. And by the way, he knew Jokic was going to throw the ball. This is the thing about playing with Jokic is defenses are so caught off guard because they're like, I've never seen a guy throw this. Offenses, he's like, I knew if I got to the corner, Jokic would find me. I knew if I was open, he was just going to find me. So there he is open and, uh, and, and he's ready. So right as the pass comes, he's ready to go. And he shot it with confidence. In fact, if you watch him, not only does he shoot it with confidence, he kind of starts running down like he knows it's in. So Aaron Gordon, um, <laughs> an impressive game winner for him. I think often about the decision. I know it wasn't his decision to get traded to Denver, but you know him knowing he wanted out of Orlando, wanting to be in a competitive situation, communicating that with the Magic, and then arriving here. I just wonder, does he, you know, how he feels like this is what he wanted. He wanted to, an opportunity for game winners. He wanted an opportunity to play in, in games where you're actually winning. And right now, 23 and 20, I know it's not the best record in the world, but you're still on a very, uh, you know, you're still on a streak here. But it wasn't just that shot. Like he's been aggressive with Yogi. He was a game high plus 21. And he's been better at just figuring out little seams, offensive rebounds, cuts, cutting angles, um, different things. And when he plays with emotion and he plays with energy, um, you know, he's just such a perfect, a perfect fit next to Jokic. And we talk about the positives that have come from this season, as frustrating as it may be. Number one to me is Jokic just is forced to be the best version of himself. Like he's forced to have to go for 49 points. And now he knows he can. And 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 he's better at it than ever before because by virtue of necessity. Number two is, you know, Aaron Gordon soon is going to go back to being the number three or number four or maybe even number five option at times. 
And I think that this being forced into being basically and essentially a number two option is going to benefit him because now, I mean, I just think about what this Nuggets team looks like when they get all of their weapons back. When Aaron Gordon is just another, like, your fifth best option, but he's a great option, a, a guy capable of winning good games like this one was, um, I, it's just going to make Denver so much more dynamic. Um, so it was it, it was just really impressive uh, what he did. Monte Morris also had a great um, uh, a great game, 19 points. Sorry, I'm getting messages here from somebody. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. He goes 9 of 20. He goes 0 of 4 from the three-point line, and those were all rough. Um, you know, Denver really needed those three-pointers, but he had a great game in his own right. Michael Malone almost immediately shouted him out for the work that he did, but 19, 9, and 9. Um, really, really big game from him. <clears throat> Most of all, this was a game that this was a fun game. Like I know people are going to look at it and say Kawhi Leonard wasn't there and Paul George wasn't there and Jamal Murray or whatever. You want to throw out all your little qualifiers. The thing that's nice about an 82 game season is sometimes you just get good basketball where you least expect it. And tonight it was actually good basketball. It wasn't good team basketball. It wasn't like, you know, in that regard, like what you'd call textbook or whatever. But what you had was two teams that found something that worked for them, the Reggie Jackson, uh, Vita Zubats pick and roll. And for Denver, it was Nicole Jokic just dominating with a little pick and roll option, but mostly just him going in isolation after the switches or, or after fending the defense. And those two teams just had something that worked every time and guys made incredible shots. Like that was Jokic hitting big time shots. That was Reggie Jackson hitting big time shots. It was Brandon Boston hitting big time shots. Um, and it was just a great game. Like don't people are going to try to throw out qualifiers about who, who wasn't there. It doesn't matter. That was a well-played well um, you know, guys made shots and uh, and it was great that Denver came up on the positive. Take our final break. On the other side, though, there was one, there was some negative that set the table for the giant positive, and that was the Denver Nuggets' bench and an interesting development in that regard. We'll get to that in segment three. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and it's available on all platforms. Um, so I have a nice question here that I thought was kind of fun. Do you think that the version of Nicola, very open, honest, a bit cruel about teammates in interviews is making him better? MVP season version 2.0. Here's the thing I'll say. Jokic's teammates love him, so I think he has some leeway to be critical of guys. Like, I think he's not critical enough. He has been a little bit – I don't want to say he's been spicy. Like, what did he say the other day? Everybody knows we're not going to make shots. Somewhat critical, you know. Like, he did have a couple lines here or there in the post game of this one. I think Yoke needs it. Like, Yoke, every team needs to be able – Joel Embiid had a great quote the other day about how he's calling guys out, and he's like – and then people responded, and he's like congratulating them for responding. And he's like, that's what you need when you're – when you're, uh, you know, when you're a great player. You you have to be able to call guys out, and guys in the NBA have to be able to take criticism and keep it moving, not, not get down on it. And Jokic, I think this is the final piece to him – it's like if you talk about how can he improve, it's the number one way to me that he can improve is his ability and and figuring out how to be more, to demand more from his team, how to coach them more. I know he's not the coach, but how to coach them more on what it is he's wanting, communicate that better. 
and hold guys accountable. But the flip side of that is you can't just be a, a whiner. Like there's there's guys that are good at this that are just always they're right, but they're always whining and complaining about teams. You have to challenge guys in a way that inspires them to want to do it. And I think that's going to be the, the the part for him. So I do like it. I think he has a lot of leeway there, but he's got a lot to learn in that regard as well. We got to go to the bench because the reason this game was close to begin with was because the Denver Nuggets' second unit came in and what was, I believe, a three-point lead when Jokic checked out with about a minute 30 left in the first quarter and uh, completely collapsed almost immediately. Nuggets get outscored 34-18 to 18 in that second quarter. And if you look at this bench, Zeke Nagy played 13 minutes. He had five points, two rebounds. 13 minutes, two rebounds, five points. And not, not exactly a full stat sheet. And goes minus 16. Uh, game worst. Now, he had they have the Clippers have a true backup center in Isaiah Hartenstein, who, by the way, had a very nice game, especially a great second quarter. Four points, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, one blocks, a full stat sheet in 13 minutes. And he was a plus 12 in 13 minutes, so he was very good. But it's also just a, tall, a tough matchup for Zeke Nagy uh, because Zeke Nagy is not a true center. He's a small ball center. Uh, Faku tonight. Well, actually, let me get back, get back to him. Davon Reed, 18 points tonight, or 18 minutes tonight. He had four, four points, two rebounds. He was a minus six. Didn't have exactly a great game by any stretch, but he was not the guy on the bench that stood out other than he gets a technical. By the way, watching this live at the bar, TNT or ESPN didn't even show the technical. I don't. They might have said something, but I didn't even know there was a technical. We were looking at it. We're like, why did the Clippers get an extra point? We didn't even know. So when you're watching the game, I'm not paying attention to Davon Reed running out on the court, even though the game's still being played. Almost turned out to be a complete disaster, which would have haunted Davon Reed. Luckily, it's just going to be one of those footnotes that um, – you know, he can learn from, hopefully. Bones Highland played 15 minutes, and it's meaningful. Here, I'm going to just give these other ones. Faku plays nine minutes, is a minus 12. He has zero play. He has two rebounds, no other stats. Austin Rivers plays seven minutes. He's a minus 14 and has zero stats other than one foul. So Bones Highland played 15, goes two of five from the three-point line, two of seven overall, three rebounds, three assists, and was just a minus six. Here's why this is important. You got opportunities for all five of those guys off the bench, but you got a second opportunity only for Bones Highland, Zeke Naji, Davon Reed. Faku and Rivers were cut from the rotation in this game. And it was the right call. It was unquestionably the right call. One, because of how the Clippers play, how they like to pick who they're going to put in the pick and roll. If you, even if you have a good defender like Austin Rivers and Faku can play some good defense. But the Clippers just know we can, if we don't want to attack those guys, and I don't think they were afraid of Faku, like their guards are too big and strong, they, they, they would have gone at him anyway. But even if not, they can just put him in the corner. They could switch, run a pick-and-roll switch, get him in the corner, and attack the guy they wanted. So it diminished some of the defensive value that those guys you know, can bring in some matchups. But offensively, you needed guys that can make shots. And I mentioned this, that the Clippers, three weeks ago, whenever they played their first matchup against the Nuggets, sort of invented the new defense for Yoke. When it, if he's out there, they're going to crowd, they're going to dare guys to make shots, run them off the line. Well, they took it even further in this game with Faku. And Faku's capable of making teams punish, but in a game that was as tight as this and with the lead blown as much as it was, when he shared the court with Jokic, it only lasted for a minute or two, the Clippers said, we're not going to guard him. Not we're going to sag off of him and double the post and then close out. Just we're not going to guard him. They left him wide open. It was actually disrespectful. And Faku couldn't make him pay. I don't know if it was the pressure of him knowing he's not playing well, know that this was a tough matchup. But Michael Malone did the right thing where he looked out there and he said, okay, Faku, 0 of 3. Rivers, 0 of 2. These guys are not working. Minus 12, minus 14 in short order. Gave him the yank. And unlike the last game where Bones Highland was the scapegoat, where he was the one who, by the way, had a bad game himself in that first one, 0 of 5 from 3 in his one stint. But he got yanked. 
and uh, wasn't put back in. And this one, Malone stuck with him, trusted him, and he actually made some big plays. He didn't have a great game, but he did make enough plays and was involved in enough things that it that it uh, made a big difference. So, um, so it's interesting to look at. Brent Forbes arrives now with the Denver Nuggets on Friday, and. You know, now you start to look at and say, okay, what is the bench rotation? What is that bench lineup? Who are the guys that are definitely in? I I don't know, but the fact that Faku got benched in this game is meaningful to me. The fact that Rivers got benched in this game is meaningful to me because I think Michael Malone has been reluctant to bench, especially Faku. He's been very reluctant to do so. And I think now Faku has matchups that he's going to be very valuable in. Um, So I don't think he needs to be cut from the rotation. But the fact that Malone seems more willing at this moment than at any point this season to say, hey, this isn't your night or you're not doing it tonight. You got, you know, you're out of there. To me, I think that's a really big development. That second unit, it's probably the right answer going forward. You're going to have Zeke Naji, Faku, Bones, Rivers, Davon Reed, Michael Green, Marcus Howard, and now Bryn Forbes. That's too many guys. You can't play them all. You got to decide who is this matchup for. And when guys are playing, they don't, that second unit has to know, like, I got to perform really well. I got to be locked in every second I'm on the court because there's a lot of other guys coach is going to try if it doesn't work out. So I think it's the right approach. Uh, it's certainly one of the game for the Nuggets, although the Nuggets end up putting in an enormous amount of minutes that the starters did. Um, but it was an interesting development. An all-timer from Nikola Jokic. An all-timer. Adam is going through player stats from the game. That's right. I am going through them. That's a, it's important little detail. Um, I know I want to hear Matt's view on this too. I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, maybe he'll do a solo pod tonight and kind of show you his perspective on this one. Um, but unfortunately it just didn't line up for us to be able to do the show today. Uh, that does it for today. Don't forget to hit like, don't forget to hit subscribe guys. Again, now we're trying to get to 2000, uh, uh, viewers for this. It helps us out. The lockdown network, you know, it's how they sort of allocate money and, and different things based on, on how much we're growing this channel. So, uh, do us a favor and, and help us grow this channel. <laughs> Because we like doing this show and we want to keep continuing doing it. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.